following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, the media. To watch the ongoing media propaganda. It's like watching Pravda. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. We needed to speak up as a church about some of these issues that we're facing in the nation. Because heterosexuality is God's good intention and design. Parents are a little bit too complacent sometimes about, oh, how bad can it be? It's very bad. It's bigger than most people realize. And it's basically sexualizing children is what it is. Because you cannot be truly conservative and be advocating for so-called rights on the basis of what God says is a sin. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still, still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles that are posted all over the web uh, at worldnetdaily.com, barbwire.com, lifesitenews.com, and be sure to check out my book, which is written especially for teens, and it's called Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality, and it's in its second edition now, and you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. I'm sure many of you are aware of the efforts throughout America to ban counseling for teens and sometimes for adults who want to overcome homosexual attractions or gender confusion. And those efforts to ban this have resulted in laws in a number of states and quite a few cities. But are these efforts legitimate? And what's really behind all this? So I'm going to talk to someone who is an expert on this subject. It's been a while since we've had Christopher Doyle on our program, and I really regret that because we all learn so much from his background and his knowledge. Chris is a licensed licensed counselor in Virginia and Maryland and has counseled many people about same-sex attractions and a lot of other things. He's executive director of the Institute for Healthy Families, and he has written a new book that squarely confronts this activism against therapy choice, and we'll talk about his new book as well. Welcome back to Mission America Radio, Chris. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. It's wonderful to be with you and uh, your audience today. Okay. It's great to to talk to you, too. And I know everybody's going to benefit from uh, learning about your book. But before we get into all that, let's we're going to talk about this issue in general and what's going on. And you, you really have a lot of background on this. But give us a little background on, on uh, what's happening with these efforts by homosexual, the LGBT lobby, to ban counseling everywhere they can in America. Sure. Well, the background really starts um, in 2012 when um, Governor Jerry Brown and California legislature pushed through a bill to ban uh, so-called conversion therapy for minors. And at that point, this was something that was unheard of. Uh, We had really never seen any sort of therapeutic effort for any issue banned 
um, in the United States or even abroad that I know of. Um, and so it was really unprecedented, and it caught a lot of us by surprise. And some of the things that were coming out of that leg- legislation were troubling because it was attributing a lot of um, poor outcomes for counseling um, that were really not scientifically uh, based. They were saying that minors that underwent any sort of therapy to change or reduce or diminish unwanted same-sex attractions were suffering poor health outcomes and depression, anxiety, even suicide. Um, but what we were looking at at the time is there, there really wasn't any, and there still isn't any research that has uh, looked at the outcomes of these minors that have gone through any sort of interventions or therapy to change. And um, so it was based on faulty premises. And we were trying to uh, call that out at the time, but no one was listening. And as the as this um, kind of war really started to get heated up, we saw early in 2013 similar types of uh, claims being made in New Jersey. And I'm, and I'm sure you and, and some of your listeners remember the whole Brielgo Donnie issue we had in New Jersey right. in 2013, which was a transgender activist that said she was a electroshocked and tortured at a so-called conversion therapy camp. And after we investigated those claims, we found out that it was complete fraud. It, yeah. was, it was in Ohio. Uh, story was, in Ohio. Was, yeah, she's mm-hmm. exactly in mm-hmm. Ohio, saying that she was sent to a, a camp in Ohio. And we investigated those claims and it was a complete fraud. In fact, it was taken out of a 1999 movie starring drag queen RuPaul yes. uh, called But I'm a Cheerleader. So as we started following these these bills throughout state legislatures, we realized that that uh, these people were coming up to testify were not always being very honest. And in some cases, they were downright lying. And that was very concerning that legislatures were listening to these stories as if they were truth. So we felt an obligation at that time to really start to fight back against these therapy bans and correct the record of what is truth and what is fiction. And that's when our task force, our national task force, really started to, to really, to really um, be founded at that time. National Task Force for Therapy Quality has been fighting these laws for over five years now, as well as my organization that I founded back in 2013 called Voice of the Voiceless. Mm-hmm. So we have been engaged in this war um, and, and that's really the title of the book. Um, mm-hmm. It's called yep. the, war, um, the War on Psychotherapy When Sexual Politics, Gender Ideology, and Mental Health Collide. And it really tells the history of how we've gotten to this point, really starting all the way back in 1969 with the Stonewall Riots and the modern gay rights movement uh, beginning, which is, by the way, 50 years ago this year. Yeah. And um, really following up to present day and looking at the, the ways and the tactics that LGBT activists have successfully indoctrinated and infiltrated the, the legal community, the educational community, and now the religious and spiritual community with um, a lot of what I label as fraud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in Ohio, we have cities of Cincinnati, Columbus. Toledo, Dayton, and Athens with city bans on this kind of therapy, although it hasn't moved, the bill at the state house hasn't moved at all, praise God. But, um, you know, there was recently, however, some good news in the city of Tampa, and you were involved in this. Can you tell us about that? That's right. Well, the, um, the Liberty Council, representing three plaintiffs in the city of Tampa, sued the city uh, against their uh, conversion therapy ban, uh, so to speak. And the judge, uh, the magistrate in Tampa ruled against the city saying that, um, that it did violate the plaintiff's free speech rights, the therapist's uh, free speech rights, and the client's, as well as the city 
failed to provide any evidence that any minors had been actually harmed mm -hmm. in the city by so-called conversion therapy. And this is very consistent with what we're seeing across the country. We see that there is well-funded, and, and in many cases, million-dollar or, or more budgets uh, to spread propaganda and tell stories of those who have so, underwent so-called conversion therapy. However, when you ask those people that underwent this therapy for details on who they saw or what kind of experience they had, they suddenly get amnesia. Right. They suddenly don't know any details. They can't tell you who the licensed professional was. They can't tell you when they saw it, even what city. And so this is very consistent with what we've seen in Tampa, where there was no evidence that anyone had been harmed. But we're now seeing, and this is what I describe in the book, The War on Psychotherapy, a culture war, a sexual culture war being played out on the mental health battlefield. Yes. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to cement this idea in the minds of the public that people are born gay, that no one can experience any change of fluidity, and in fact, therapeutic efforts to help people who have these conflicts are ineffective and harmful and may even cause them to commit suicide. Right. And that is not founded by any science. No, That's it, founded by activism. Yes, and absolutely. we're saying this is not true. And so so we're really happy that, that the city of Tampa um, ruled against them. The 11th Circuit, it's going to go to the 11th Circuit Court now, mm -hmm. and uh, we, we are confident the judge will uphold the, um, the, the federal magistrate's ruling. Um, I, on that on that case. I really hope so. That would be so helpful. Um, in case you're just joining us, we're talking with Christopher Doyle, who is a counselor in Virginia and Maryland, but he also uh, knows an awful lot about the issue of um, the efforts to ban therapy for same-sex attractions, and he does a lot of counseling in that area. And so, you know, you mentioned that um, your your book. Now, before I we go very much far, further, let's make sure we get this out there. How do people get hold of your book if they would like to read? Because I I you know I looked at in detail at one specific chap, chapter on education. I want you to talk about sure. that. But um, you know, it's a fantastic book. You have put so much in there. Uh, how do they get hold of it? Well, right now um, it's available for pre-order. If you go onto our website at instituteforhealthyfamilies.org. You can pre-order the book. It's scheduled to be released later this uh, early spring. Early spring. Okay. Um, we're hoping late March, okay. and uh, but we are now taking pre-orders. And then you know whenever it's released, it'll be available on major retailers, Amazon, and hopefully, and um, other major retailers. But you can get a copy uh, first if you want. If you go to our website and pre-order it, instituteforhealthyfamilies.org. Okay, great. You know, for those of us who are Christians. And those who have left a homosexual life behind, which is your story, uh, correct? Um, yes. Yeah. And we know we know that God can change behavior, but it's you know, frankly, and you are the expert in this area. It's not a person does not have to be a believer uh, to leave homosexuality behind. God is gracious enough to give even unbelievers tools to be to live in a common sense way that's consistent with our anatomy what kind of things do you like with talk therapy um how how do you approach this i know this is a huge subject but um just sure. give us a little yeah. bit of I idea how you approach this yeah well i mean and, and you're absolutely right i mean there are spiritual implications for sexual behavior of course and as christians we believe that and i primarily uh, provide therapy from an emotional perspective because I believe sexual and gender identity are emotional aspects of our development. 
And so when we look at why certain people are experiencing unwanted attractions or unwanted identity in the sense of gender identity confusion, we go back and we, and we most likely find that there are different types of traumas in the person's background. And sometimes the traumas are so subtle in the sense of uh, attachment trauma or there was a, a difficulty in connecting with, um, with, a, with a parent or same-sex peers. In the case of a lot of uh, the, the clients that I work with, which are men, they felt from a very early age that they were different. They didn't feel like one of the other guys, and they have a deep sense of gender inferiority and shame, and this causes emotional trauma for them growing up. And it was very much like that in the case of myself. And as I became a, a young man, and I started to understand some of the traumas that I experienced in my life, and I healed those traumas, I was able to understand that those were causes of my unwanted same-sex attractions and that I could go and heal these causes and resolve those issues and actually step into who I believed, who I believed that I really was, which was a heterosexual male created in the image of God. And you know, I'm, I'm really blessed to, to have a, a wonderful wife. We have three beautiful biological children. We have two adopted children. And, um, you know, I'm really living my dream. And my clients have similar goals and aspirations. And it really is, as therapists, we have to respect the goals of the client. And, and when people have goals that sometimes contradict what our political or ideological beliefs are, that's a problem. And the problem that you have here is that, there isn't respect for self-determination for Christians and people who don't want to um, live a homosexual life. And the, there's a, a coercion and pressure coming from society, and now the state saying, you can't have that goal if you have homosexual conflicts. You can only go one way. And that is completely and utterly against the ideals of our nation and also the therapeutic community. We need to respect the goals of those who have this who have these motivations and understand what's going on there. And this is, this is a problem. This is what we're trying to address in the book is that we have to respect everyone's right to make that choice for themselves. Sexual and gender identity is a very personal decision. And it's, it's, it's kind of ironic. Liberals are all for pro choice when mm -hmm. it comes to the, when it comes to unborn babies. <laughs> yes. Right. But when it comes to adults and, and even um, minors that, are, that understand what's going on and, they, and they're able to make decisions, right, they're all for restriction when it comes to, the, when, when it comes to therapy. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't really make any sense. No, it makes no sense at all. These are political goals, as you've, you were really um, very eloquent and detailed in your book in pointing out how political goals are using psychotherapy uh and we and i want to get more into that when we come back from our break we're about to come up on a break here um about the the education issue what's happening with our youth and i know you you've got a whole house full of children now so you have yeah. a personal stake in this as well but uh you know so uh but it, your book is excellent in laying out that it, it truly is a war and people better better recognize this so in case you're just joining us, folks, we're talking with Christopher Doyle, who is at an expert on this issue of pressing and pressuring uh, legislatures, and many have, and cities and states, to pass these bans on counseling to overcome same-sex attractions or gender confusion. And um, is this fair? Is this right? Is there any merit? There really is not. We'll go into this more as we come back here on Mission America. Don't go away. 
Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. Can people really leave a homosexual or gender-confused um, life and uh, those feelings behind? And if you believe as Christians, of course, that we can, because it's very clear in Scripture, um, then where do you go in the present age when so many elements are against you uh, to find counseling? Well, there's a political agenda to ban any choice about this counseling, and our guest today is telling us a lot about that, and he has written a fantastic and greatly detailed book, Christopher Doyle is a licensed counselor in uh, Virginia and Maryland, has uh, counseled many people on this issue. And Chris, um, let's let's talk a little bit about your book on called The War on Psychotherapy, When Sexual Politics, Gender Ideology, and Mental Health Collide. It really is a war, and you have a huge chapter on education. And, right. okay, what's, the schools are busy indoctrinating, as I would say, uh, kids in a number of different, it's not just in sex education, which is there too, but it's in social studies, it's in history, it's in literature, that, um, you know, you are born, it's either implicitly or explicitly, they're saying people are born homosexual, you know, and this is like a, a, a social justice issue. So do you, first of all, do you deal with very many youth or parents of kids that are, that are struggling in this area? Yeah, I certainly do. And then the work that I do at the Institute for Healthy Families, you know, I specialize in family therapy and I work with a whole family, not just the the, the minor or the teenager struggling with unwanted same-sex attractions or gender identity conflicts. And I believe it's important to work with the family because so many of the dynamics within, within these families are in some ways causing youth to have unmet love needs, which then lead to unwanted same-sex attractions or gender identity conflicts. So we have to do healing within the family. But to, to sort of address the issue of education, you know, in my book, I really discuss the concept of the deep state. And the deep state is this idea that um, there are bodies within our government, and I would also say in, in key institutions such as public education, that have basically come up with policies based on certain ideologies, and those policies and ideologies have been deeply embedded in the social structure and fabric of these institutions. And the whole born gay myth of homosexuality is one of those deep state, deep ideological myths that's now been deeply embedded in the educational system. And in the book, I describe exactly how those things are, are basically played out in the public school system, starting with um, really two of the most um, powerful um, trade organizations, the AFL-CIO and the National Education Association, yep. mm-hmm. which you know basically do everything gay affirming that you can imagine, and they are huge. They're a huge um, supporter of unions and and all these liberal ideological beliefs going within the public education system and undermining traditional family values on biblical sexuality. Right, and you and well, we had a whole program uh, recently on uh, the. Uh, teachers unions and you know how they strong arm people into joining the union and then your money goes to uh, support these radical ideologies but within the school teachers who don't come you know don't want to go along with this are penalized i mean you get professional penalties for not going along and then the all the strength of the union uh 
opens the door for organizations like GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight yes. Education Network, to come in. In and, fact, you become you become mm-hmm. unemployable if you have a, an opinion that exactly. differs from mm-hmm. from the mainstream. Right. And this is and what this does, and, and you can see this so much in you know in the 2016 presidential election, there was a silent majority of us who were behind President Trump, <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. We were so so many of us were so afraid to say anything. We still are. Because <laughs> when we yes, when we speak out and say, actually, I support the president's policies on this issue, mm-hmm. you're ostracized and penalized and made to feel like you are some kind of alien. Right. And it, it's come to the point where there's been so much bullying over these values that conservatives just choose to stay silent rather than face those repercussions. Well. In this book, I'm not staying silent, Linda. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm calling it out. <laughs> I'm calling it out. Yeah. It's, um, it's... And, I, and I describe, as you can see, how the gay activists have successfully infiltrated these institutions at every single level, how they, how they form a deep state, how they do it, especially through education and the psychological organizations, through committees that are specially designed to enact policies that are based on ideology and not science. And I tell them and I, and I show – how the decisions actually occur and then get embedded within this deep state and how that affects public policy as far as in, 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 when it comes to education, school policy. Now, uh, um, just because we don't have much time, to pivot over a little bit to, the, again, the therapy ban efforts, you are a plaintiff in a suit against the therapy ban that now exists in the state of Maryland. Is that correct? correct. Yeah. And yes. can you speak about that at all? Yeah, so um, Maryland is, is you know, now the 15th state to ban uh, therapy for minors, and um, I am licensed in Maryland and as well as Virginia, and I, and I support clients, uh, minor clients um, in Maryland and Virginia and, and even outside of these two states that are struggling with this issue. And um, now my ability to practice with these clients is being affected by this law. And, you know, one of the biggest problems with the law is that the definition of change is so overly broad and ill-defined. You know, when you look at the law, it, it, it's so – and the gay activists, I believe, do this on purpose because what they want to do is they want to scare any practitioner mm-hmm. in trying right. to work with a young person who might be struggling with this issue. So they write these laws very broadly so that no one can really understand what's legal and what's not legal. And so even talking to a young person about why they might feel same-sex attractions or why they might have gender identity conflicts and what maybe specific sexual behaviors might mean psychologically and emotionally, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting here scratching our heads wondering if this is legal or not and, 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 and whether they would consider this, you know, so-called change therapy or not. And it's very obtuse. And, and the reason why I say that is just by talking to a young person and, and, and possibly reframing what a sexual desire might mean could lead to, in my opinion, cognitive restructuring, mm-hmm. possibly a, a new understanding of why they might have these attractions, that they're not necessarily sexual per se, but they're emotional and psychological. And that, that could then lead them to change behaviors and perhaps even attractions. Right. Is that illegal? Is that considered yeah. talk therapy? Is that medical treatment? What is it? It's not defined in the law. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we believe, and Liberty Council is defending me, um, I'm sorry, he's bringing suit on my behalf. Mm-hmm. We believe that these laws are a violation of free speech and it's viewpoint discrimination, and we believe it's going to be overturned because of the the, uh, the June Supreme Court decision. Basically, with pro-life centers, you know, no yes. longer having to be forced to do, um, you know, basically oh, yeah. pro-abortion pro-abortion services. Yeah, that's a fantastic law. We are out of time, Chris. Tell us very quickly how to get your hold of your book. 
Yes, please go to our website to pre-order the book. You can be one of the first people to get it. And when it comes out in March, instituteforhealthyfamilies.org. Okay. And we also offer online therapy, parent classes and consultations, okay. and healing seminars for all those families that are struggling with sexual and gender identity, instituteforhealthyfamilies.org. Okay, wonderful. Chris Doyle. And uh, I just appreciate your work, and I ask my listeners to pray for you. Just remember, folks, just remember, with God, all things, all things are still possible. I hope you have a wonderful day.